The Bradford Exchange presents the Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hello, everyone, to episode one of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour episodes of the Jack Benny Program. We'll begin after this short break. Ask comedians today, including Jerry Seinfeld, of their career inspiration, and many will name Jack Benny. For over half a century, Jack Benny was one of the great comics of stage, screen, radio, and television. He was the past master of the long take and knew how to milk a laugh. On his long-running radio and television programs, Benny was depicted as a miser who hoarded every penny he made. Year after year, he denied he was older than 39 and honed his persona of a vain penny pincher, which was in stark contrast to the warm and generous human being he was in real life. Benny knew he could be funny by applying a simple policy. Let others around him deliver the punchlines. He discovered early on that it didn't matter who got the laughs on the Jack Benny program as long as people were talking about how funny it was. It's time for the first of two Jack Benny radio programs. This first one is the last show of the 1948 season, and the Benny cast is broadcasting from New York City. Fred Allen stops by, and Jack and Fred continue their long-running feud. Side note, in real life, they were great friends. The cast includes Jack's real-life wife, Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Eddie Rochester Anderson, and Phil Harris with Don Wilson announcing for Lucky Strike Cigarettes is heard on NBC. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike, first again with Tobacco Men. First again with Tobacco Men. More independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Yes, more than the next two leading brands combined. There you have the findings of a recent impartial survey which reveals the personal smoking preference of the men who really know tobacco. Auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, light up a Lucky, light up a really fine cigarette, and puff by puff, you'll see. L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. So smoke the smoke, tobacco expert smoke. Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Man. Lucky Strike. From New York City, the Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. 
gentlemen, this is our last broadcast of this season. We've had 39 strenuous weeks of radio, and on the shoulders of the star of our show fell the task of carrying this burden. So, without further ado, we bring you a very tiresome comedian... That's tired. Jack Benny! Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, you're right, this has been a very grueling season. Work, work, nothing but work. I tell you, Don, I'm so tired right now, I can hardly keep my big blue eyes open. <laughs> I'm really all in. Well, Jack, I know it's been a tough season, but I can't understand why you should be that tired. After all, you're only 39. Well, look, Don, it's hard for a man of your age to realize how tired you can get. How old are you? 38. Well... <laughs> Just wait 15 years till you're 39. <laughs> of course, the burden you're carrying is not on your shoulders. <laughs> and how you got a pair of pants to fit your burden is beyond me. Oh, now, wait a minute, Jack. I wish you'd stop joking about my being fat. It's embarrassing. People on the street point at me. Why, taxi drivers won't even stop for me. Yeah, I can't understand that, Don. New York taxi drivers are known for their courtesy and politeness. I take the fellow who drove me from the station to my hotel. When I got out, he was so shy, he wouldn't even ask me for the fare. He just grabbed me by the ankles, turned me upside down, and shook me. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness, Jack. What did you say? Nothing. I had my money in my mouth. <laughs> Anyway, I will say this cab driver is very efficient. He picked me up at the station, drove straight to the Sherry Netherlands Hotel. Oh, do you live there? No, he does. <laughs> you know, these cab drivers... Well, look who's here. Hello, Mary. Hi, Jack. Hello, everybody. Well, Mary, here we are finishing another season. Another 39 weeks that you've worked for me. How do you feel? Hungry. <laughs> what do you mean, hungry? On what you pay me, I can't even open a window with the automat All right, all right, you and your jokes, automat I saw you at the store club last night I was selling cigarettes <laughs> Selling cigarettes, how'd you do? <laughs> Not bad, I was first again with tobacco men Hey, that's pretty good You know, we can use that routine at the Palladium Theater in London Just think, Mary, pretty soon we'll be on the high seas on our way to England. I know, and Jack, before we go, you ought to have all your clothes clean. That chip going on is kind of big. You won't be able to lean over the side and do your laundry. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't stop too long there. <laughs> I'll find a way. Mary, Mary, I tried to reach you yesterday. I tried to reach you yesterday. Where were you? I was visiting my sister, Babe, in the polyclinic hospital. Gee, I didn't know Babe was sick. She's not. She's the janitor there. <laughs> Honey, I knew she could do it. I can't understand how Murph lets her... Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Here, boy, I'll take it. Here's a tip for you. Oh, boy, a nickel. Now I can live at the Sherry Netherlands. <laughs> hmm. Jack, who's the telegram from? Wait till I open it, Mary. <clears> hmm. <throat> Here, Mary, you open it. I haven't had my Wheaties today. <laughs> okay. What does it say? Uh, dear Jack, understand you're going to England next Wednesday. Wish I had gone last Thursday. Signed, Joe Walcott. <laughs> well, isn't it? 
Isn't that nice? He wired me as soon as he came to. That was really... All right, Jackson. They've waited long enough, so stand aside, Dad. Let them see me. Let them see you. It's unpretty. Well, Phil, here we are finishing another season. Another 39 weeks that you worked for me. How do you feel? Thirsty. Oh, fine. Mary's hungry and you're thirsty. Hey, Jackson, were you at the Lewis Walcott fight at the Yankee Stadium Friday night? Sure, Phil. I was sitting right up front. Did you hear the big reception I got when I came in? Everybody jumped to their feet and cheered and yelled. Really, Phil? When'd you come in? At two minutes and 56 seconds of the 11th round. (laughs) Heaven's sake, Phil. They were cheering the fight. Jersey Joe Walcott was staggering all over the place. So was I. I hope Walcott fell better the next morning than I did. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Say, Phil, I haven't seen you since you came in from Cleveland. Where have you been? Oh, Dante, I had to stop off in Philadelphia to cast my vote at the Republican convention. You, uh, Phil, you cast your vote? Huh? Certainly. I was chairman of the delegation from Duwa oh! Denny. <laughs> you can't give him those words. <laughs> Why do you keep putting them in there? (laughs) Say, Jack. What? Didn't you think the convention was exciting? The convention, it sure was. Those Republicans must be pretty sure of getting into the White House. They nominated Dewey, Warren, and four piano movers. (laughs) And you know, kids... It's quite an honor to us Californians to have our governor nominated for vice president. I'm pretty thrilled because just two years ago, Earl Warren was a guest on my program. Yeah, Jackson, that Governor Warren's really a good-looking guy, ain't he? He sure is, Phil. He's very popular, too. Yeah, what a guy. Handsome, beautiful smile, full of charm and personality. Why, if he could lead a band, he'd be another Phil Harris. <laughs> How do you like that? Say, Phil. What is it, Livy? If Walcott's head was as big as yours, Lewis would have hit it in the first round. Mary, I could kiss you for that. Thanks, Jack, but I'm still hungry. Well, I'll get you a sandwich when we get to London. No use having one here. We may have a rough voyage. (laughs) Oh, say, Don. Yes, Jack? I've had a request to repeat the saber dance on my violin. Is the quartet here? Yes, there they are, the sportsmen. Oh, yes, I didn't see them. Hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Boys, I said hello. Don, Don, squeeze them, will you? Okay. Good. Now, wait till I get my violin. Hand it to me, will you, Mary? All right, but I'll hate myself in the morning. Never mind, give it to me. All right, boys, let's go. The saber dance.
this and hurry now and buy a carton. That should be enough to start a monkey. Then we'll be your favorite friend. <laughs> they are the best friend in the land. Wonderful. I was never better. I mean, you were good, too, in there, you know? I wish you were going to England with me. Hey, Jackson, while we're over in London, I'm going to buy one of them English tweets. You mean a suit? Yeah, and I ain't going to take just any old English suit in London. I'm going to pick a dilly. <laughs> oh, Harris, I'll bet Milton Berle's got that written down already. <laughs> written down? He's got it on television right now. And not only that, as soon as we oh, get... hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, Dennis. Well, Dennis, here we are finishing another season. Another 39 weeks you've been working for me. How do you feel? At the Sherry Netherlands. <laughs> what? Gee, I read the wrong line. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, I haven't seen you since we got to town. Even having a good time? Boy, I'll say. Gee, I really like New York. The people here are so friendly and so trusting. Trusting? What do you mean, kid? Well, last night a fella stopped me on the street and he wanted to borrow $5. And when I gave it to him, he didn't even ask me my name. For heaven's sake, Dennis, if he didn't get your name, how will he know who to return it to? Well, he's stuck with the money. Let him worry about it. <laughs> Dennis, kid, come here a minute. Huh? I want to feel your head, see if it's ripe enough to pick yet. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking me to the fight Friday night. You were the only one that asked me. Dennis, you take Mary to the fight? Yeah. Gee, what excitement at the end of the 11th round when the police all gathered around, picked him off the floor, and carried him back to his seat. Joe Wolcott? No, Phil Harris. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, Phil. Gee, I was so proud. He's my friend. <laughs> Dennis, everybody here in the studio is anxious to hear your song. How about it? Okay. Now, hold it, kid. Come in. Well, 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 Mr. Kitzel. Hello, Mr. Benny Boy. It's a pleasure to see you. Well, Mr. Kissel, how do you happen to be in New York? I came here last week to go to a wedding. A cousin of mine got married. Oh, well, congratulations. Mr. Sure. Kitzel. Yes. Did you have a good time at the wedding? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was a big party, eh? The wine flowed like celery tonic. <laughs> <laughs> celery tonic? That's a vegetarian champagne. <laughs> oh. And then right after the ceremony was over, I was the first in line to kiss the groom. <laughs> The groom, you're supposed to kiss the bride. With her face, we had trouble getting the groom to do it. 
Oh, well, did you meet a lot of your old friends there? Everybody who I knew for years, even Pansy Nussbaum. Pansy Nussbaum, huh? Uh, she's working for, uh, you should excuse the expression, I have Fred an Allen. idea. Yeah, I have an idea. <laughs> well, Mr. Kitzel, I'm awfully glad you dropped in. Thank you, Mr. Benny. And here I brought you a farewell present for your boat trip. I hear that made especially for you. Well, let's see it. Now, isn't that cute? A long bagel that spells out Bon Voyage. <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Kitzel. You should think good health. Thank Goodbye. you, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Isn't it funny how I run into Mr. Kitzel nearly every place I go? Now, come on, Dennis. It's time for your song. What's it going to be? It's a lullaby that I recorded for RCA Victor called Sleep My Child. Swell. Go right ahead. <laughs> Every night a young little mother sings a lullaby. Tenderly she clings to her baby when he starts to face is like an angel as she looks up to the sky and she sings this song of hope that will not die sleep my child oh Daddy's far away. Sleep, my child. We'll be back with him someday. He is trying so to find a home that's safe for you and me, where we still may share some happiness and live a life that's We must try to keep from you all the pain and the sadness we've been through. You will have your chance to grow up strong in some fine land where you
wonderful number, Dennis, you, and you sang it beautifully. And, Phil, it's the first time I've heard the orchestra sound so nice. I'll take it. It's probably Rochester. Hello? Hello, this is the operator. I have a long-distance call for Jack Benny in New York City. Long distance? Where's it from? Harlem. <laughs> That's what I thought. Put him on. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester. Well, it's about time you called, Rochester. I haven't heard from you since we arrived in New York. I'm sorry, boss, but Monday night when I got to Harlem, there was a big party celebrating Joe Lewis's victory. Monday night? Wait a minute, Rochester. It wasn't until Friday night that Lewis beat Walcott. We're still celebrating his victory over smelling. <laughs> but that was ten years ago. Why are they holding the party now? It was postponed on account of rain. <laughs> Rochester, I hope it's not a wild party. Uh, what are you having to drink? I don't know, but I'm calling from the chandelier. <laughs> That's what I thought. Now, Rochester, I hope you packed everything in my trunk that I need. You know, while I'm in London, I'm going to participate in the Olympic Games. You are? Yes, sir. Well, <laughs> surprise. Hope you win, boss. I hope you win. You do? Yeah, America hasn't had a tiddlywink champion in years. <laughs> Rochester, I'm not going to London just to tiddly. Look at for your information, I'm going to throw the discus. You're going to what the who? <laughs> I'm going to throw the discus. Throwing the discus is an ancient Roman sport that was popular during the days of Nero. I thought you were playing the fiddle then. <laughs> now cut that out. When I leave, I hope you'll be down to the dock to see me off. Oh, I will, boss. I will. Goodbye, Rochester. Goodbye. Well, I'm, I'm going to miss Rochester, too. But just think, kids, in a little while, we'll be out on the Atlantic Ocean. Headed. Come in. Uh, pardon me. I was looking for the washroom, but this will do. <laughs> My friend. I really uh, dropped in tonight. Wait a minute, Fred. Wait a minute. Let me look at you. Yeah. Gee, you're looking swell. Yeah. I've never seen you have such rosy-colored bags under your eyes. <laughs> look, Jack, I dropped in tonight. And that pained expression on your face. You look like a hen trying to lay a basketball. <laughs> I'm getting mine in first. <laughs> well, all right, Jack. Uh, and uh, those wrinkles. Honestly, yeah. Fred, your face looks like a convertible with the top halfway down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now, sit down, little man. You must be tired after that Bob Hopian outburst. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please tune in your radios an hour from now when this nature boy of the gay 90s is a guest on my program without his writers. Now, Fred, what... Benny, you... with, without his writers, you can't tell Benny from Mr. Hush. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, Fred. What do and you he should talk about the way I look. Benny's hairline has receded so far, he combs his eyebrows to keep up his morale. <laughs> Fred, no. I have seen more fuzz on a harvest moon. <laughs> I'd hate to be drowning and have someone throw me a line like that. I would... <laughs> <laughs> 
persimmon face. Look at yeah. What did you come barging in here for, anyway? Well, frankly, I didn't uh, drop in here to see you, Jack. It's Mary I'd like to talk to. Hello, Mary. Hello, Fred. What is it you wanted? Well, Mary, you can do me a great favor. I came... Hiya, Frederick. Long time no see. Well, if it isn't Phil Harris. Hollywood's answer to, look, Ma, I'm drinking. <laughs> There's, uh, there's Dennis Day. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Allen. Look, Fred, we're doing a program. Now, what do you want to see Mary about? Uh, yes, Fred, what is it? Well, Mary, every now and then, Portland likes to take a couple of weeks off my program, and I thought, you know, I thought a hungry girl like you, uh, might, uh, <laughs> might like to take her place. Well, thanks, Fred, but I don't think I could take Portland's place. Oh, yes, you could. Why don't you try, uh, just try reading a line or two? Wait a minute. <laughs> Fred, I don't want my program sounding like yours. I had three answers to that, Mr. Benny. <laughs> Two of them the censor took out, and the third one I wouldn't dare tell without an airwick on the premises. <laughs> oh, Jack, I'll just imitate Portland for a second. It won't sound like Fred's program. Well, go ahead, Mary. Well, all right. Oh, Mr. Allen! Mr. Allen! What is it, Portland? I'm from the South, the deep South, that is. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. <coughs> and I'm not wrong for this one. Dennis. Howdy, Bob. Now, stop that. <laughs> Look, Fred, will you please let me run my own show? This is worse than last week when Bob Hope dropped oh, in no, on us. Oh, no, no, not worse than last week. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We used up so much time, my program was cut off the air 10 seconds too soon. Well, I thought it was cut off 30 minutes too late. <laughs> now, listen, Al. Oh, wait a minute, Jack. Don't get excited. And, Fred, as much as I'd like to substitute for Portland, I couldn't. You see, Jack has me signed to exclusive contracts. Well, Mary, that's nothing to worry about. Contracts can be broken. Let me see yours. Well, Fred, I I'd rather not. I'm too modest. What has modesty got to do with your contract? It's tattooed on my back. <laughs> You're darn right. Anyway, Mary, you're under exclusive contract to me. If you go on Fred's program, I'm not going to take you to Europe. Oh, all right, Jack, I won't. You know, Fred, uh, we're going to appear at the Palladium in London. Yeah? And then we're going to tour the continent. We're even going to Germany. Good. That'll teach him to start wars over there. <laughs> that I'm going to ignore entirely, as I hoped the audience would. Oh, Jack, stop arguing. Why don't you two kiss and make up? Well, all right, Mary, I'm willing. Of course you're willing. You have to kiss me. Look what I'm stuck with. <laughs> anyway, I'm leaving for England soon, so I won't have to see you for a while. Well, I can't imagine you spending the money to go to Europe. What are you talking about? I always spend money. Well, I even went to see the Lewis Walcott fight. I know. I saw you coming out of that newsreel theater. <laughs> what? You spend money. Why, the last time you opened your wallet... Washington said to Lincoln, pull down the shade, Abe. The light's killing me. Listen, now, another crack like that, and I'll punch you so hard, it'll straighten out your wrinkles and make your face four feet square. <laughs> I've seen like better that. material than that in a four-dollar suit. <laughs> Why, you refugee from the Yours old is worse than mine. Now, just read it. Go ahead. Wait till you, wait till you hear this one. You think mine is a stinker? Listen to this one. Go ahead. Why, you refugee from the old folks' home? You want the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> if you had enough strength to double up your fish, you'd be too tired to swing it. There, that gives you an idea. That's what you think. You better shut up or I'll pull your lip down and hook it to your belt buckle. Oh, brother. Now, I'm warning you, Alan. You better get out while I, I still got while control no of my temper. 
Now, careful now, Benny. You're liable to blow your top, and you paid eight bucks for it. <laughs> you finally... It's about time. Throw them out, Mary. Don't bother, Mary. I'm leaving anyway. Go on, beat it. I'm telling you right now, I'm not appearing on your program tonight. Then you won't get paid. What time's rehearsal? Eight o'clock. I'll be there. <laughs> Goodbye, Fred. Goodbye, Jack. Go on. You know, Mary, he's a sweet guy. Play, Fred. <laughs> Jack will be back in just a minute, but first... Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Men. First again with Tobacco Men. As a recent impartial survey reveals, more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Yes, more than the next two leading brands combined. Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Man. That's what the survey shows. Now listen to a statement recently made by Mr. James Maynard Talley, tobacco warehouseman from Durham, North Carolina. From what he knows, from what he sees, this is what he said. Season after season, I've seen good, ripe, mild tobacco bought by the makers of Lucky Strike. I've smoked Lucky's 18 years. They give me a mild, mellow smoke. So take a tip from the experts, and for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, light up a Lucky, light up a really fine cigarette, and puff by puff, you'll see. L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. So smoke the smoke, tobacco experts smoke. Lucky Strike. First again with tobacco men, Lucky Strike. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of my cast, my writers, everybody associated with my program, I want to thank all of you who have been listening to us for nigh on to 16 years. We'll see you again in the fall. I want to thank Alan for lousing up my program, and I hope you'll tune into our summer replacement, a new and exciting quiz program called Let's Talk Hollywood. The show will feature George Murphy and Edith Wynn, and the guest... This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. That's the Jack Benny program, originally broadcast June 27, 1948, with Jack's special guest, Fred Allen. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another episode of the Jack Benny program for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. It's time now for another episode of the Jack Benny Program. This episode from 1949 has Jack welcoming three guests, Claudette Colbert, Vincent Price, and Fletcher Markle. Mary Livingston is announcing the show because Don Wilson, Jack's regular announcer, is locked up at Jack's house until he signs his new announcer's contract. 
Later, Mary recounts why Jack didn't appear on the Ford Theater radio show, produced by Fletcher Markle and starring Claudette Colbert and Vincent Price. Also heard in the cast are Dennis Day, Eddie Rochester Anderson, and Phil Harris. Here's the Jack Benny program. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Feeling low. Feeling tense. These H words are common sense. Smoke a lucky. To be your level best. Smoke a lucky. To be your level best. Your level best. That's just how you'll feel when you line up a lucky, because... Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense, puts you on the right level to feel and do your level best. It's important to know that fine tobacco can do this for you. And LSMFT, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, mild, ripe, thoroughly enjoyable tobacco. So next time you buy cigarettes, remember, Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. Put you on the lucky level where you feel your best and do your best. So, smoke a lucky to feel your level best. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, Don Wilson, and yours truly, Mary Livingston. Ladies and gentlemen, today is my turn to make the opening announcement because Jack still has Don Wilson locked in his den, and he intends to keep him there till Don signs his new contract. As we look in on Jack's home, we find him in Rochester discussing the situation. Boss, I don't like to butt into your affairs, but I think that if you won't let Mr. Wilson go, you ought to at least give him a little food. He's lost so much weight, his face is getting awful thin. It is? Yeah, this morning I peeked in at him through the keyhole and saw both his eyes peeking back. Well, look, Rochester, I'll let Mr. Wilson out when he signs the contract and not before But, boss, he's desperate for food You know that moose head hanging over the piano? Don't tell me he ate the moose head Oh, the piano What? And with those keys sticking out of his mouth, he looks like Don Amici Rochester, stop making up such silly things I'll get it Oh, hello, kid. Hello, hello Jack. Jack. Hello, Jack. Well, this is a coincidence, all three of you coming at the same time. Well, Jack, it's no coincidence. We're over here to make a protest. A protest? Yes, just because Don won't sign his contract, you lock him up like a common criminal. It's awful. It's humiliating. It's insulting to his dignity. Oh, it is, eh? What have you got to say about it, Dennis? Nothing. Tenors are a dime a dozen. <laughs> Well, look, kids, I don't think this is any of your business. I happen to be the boss of my program, and I'll run things the way I want to. Well, we're making it our business. Oh, you are, eh? Let me tell you something. A business is like a ship, and whether it sinks or floats depends upon the captain. And you know what it is when the crew revolts against the captain. Yeah, it's matinee. That's mutiny! (laughs) Matinee. I'm ashamed of all of you, but you the most, Mary. Imagine you being the ringleader after all I've done for you. Took you from nothing. Put you on the radio. 
and made a big star out of you. Some big star. If I didn't double at the Burbank Theater, I'd starve to death. <laughs> the, uh, the Burbank Theater? Gee, ball of fire living... <laughs> Now, listen, all of you. Now, listen, my business dealings with Don Wilson don't concern you. The only things you should be interested in are your own contract. Well, I got a beef on that, Jackson. Look at the way you got me to sign my last contract. What are you talking about? You signed it in five minutes. I know, but look at the way you tortured me. You shoved a billiard ball in my mouth and locked me in a room with a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> Gee, Phil, what did you do? I had to knock out my front teeth. <laughs> To get the ball out? No, to get the bourbon in. <laughs> now, look, look, kid. You're better off than I am, Phil. Mr. Benny signed me to the longest-term contract in radio. How long is your contract with Jackson, kid? I don't know, but when I signed it, he slipped a ring on my finger and said, till death do us part. Why, <laughs> oh, you kids should be happy you're working for me. It's something to be proud of. Well, I still think it's humiliating. Particularly that clause you have in my contract saying that if anything terrible happens to my sister, babe... You have the right to use it on your program. Well, Mary... Well, Babe wrote me and said she's fed up with it, all those terrible things you say about her, like she's modeling harnesses, or she was voted Miss Lower Plate Wobble, or a plain floor and dropped a veil of hay. You gotta stop that, Jack. Okay. By the way, how are things going with your sister, Babe? Oh, fine. She meets gorgeous George the Olympic Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, did you write that down, Rochester? Got it! Good. Good. Jack, Jack, there's Don rattling at the door. He must be starved. Yeah, Jackson, unlock that door so we can talk to him. I will now. Jack, open that door. We want to talk to Don. Oh, all right. We wish to talk to Don. Talk to Don. Well, Don, are you going to sign that contract? I won't. I won't. Who's that with you? Who are those people? Well... Uh, Don, uh, don't you recognize us? I'm Mary, and there's Phil and Dennis. I don't know these people. Get them out of here, Jack. They're just here to torture me. Now, look, Don. Uh, Don, I'm your friend, Mary Livingston. Oh, yes, Mary. Mary, please talk to Jack about my contract. Dennis, Dennis, tell Jack to give me a fair deal. Tell him how lousy he is. Oh, he knows that. <laughs> Quiet, kid. You better sign that contract, Dante. You ain't round and firm anymore. Now, why don't you listen to reason and then... Who's that? Oh, look out the window, Mr. Benny. It's your quartet. The sportsmen? I wonder what they want. Jack, that's the only pleasure I get. They come over every day and serenade me. Raise the window, Jack. Please. Okay. Go ahead, fellas. Sing to me. If you had the wings of an angel Over these prison walls you could fly If you could fly And then you could light up a lucky And write honest John in the sky Up in the sky Oh, we miss you, dear Don We all miss you and we're hoping that you won't be there long. Won't be there long. <laughs> but if Jack keeps you in there forever, mm, just smile and sing the words of this song. 
feeling low, I'm feeling tense. I think these words are common sense. Mocha lucky, if you your level best. Mocha lucky, and when you turn the two, we'll always be in your very level best. Best, best, level best. That, that was very nice, boys. Now, now close the window. Don, Don, that quartet touched a soft spot in my heart. Now, I'll give you that raise you were holding out for. Now, sign the contract and go home. Okay, okay. Give me the pen. I'll sign. I'll sign. There. I did it. I did it. I'm free. I'm free. Do you hear me? Free! Don, look out for the window. Oh, my goodness. He jumped. I'm free. I'm free. It's too, it's too bad he ran away so fast. I was going to give him a new suit and a $5 bill. <laughs> now, look, kids, I hope you all learned something from this. Now that I let Don out, I don't want to have trouble with anyone else. From now on, when we have rehearsals, be on time, pay attention to your job, and take direction from me, and there'll be no trouble. Direction from you? Certainly. I've been in radio for 17 years, and I know how things should be done. That's why I'm so much in demand. In demand? Wait a minute, Dad. You told me you were going to be on the Ford Theater last Friday night, so I tuned in and heard Claudette Colbert and Vincent Price. You weren't even on. Well, Phil, they begged me, but at the last minute, I couldn't make it. Begged you? That isn't what Claudette told me. Mary, we're not discussing that now. What did Claudette tell you, Mary? Mary, if you say one word, I'm leaving the room. I don't want to hear this silly talk. I don't care. I'm going to tell him. All right, then I'm going out. Come on, Livy, tell us. Well, here's what happened. Last week, when Jack heard that Claudette Colbert was going to be on the Ford Theater program... Yeah, yeah. He immediately called up Fletcher <laughs> Marshall, the director of the show, and tried to get on it, too. He couldn't wait to get to the phone and call Mr. Marshall. Hello, Kenyon and Eckhart, radio advertising agency. Uh, may I speak to Mr. Marshall, please? Who's calling? Uh, Jack Benny. What's your hooper? <laughs> Uh, 28.9. Oh, then Mr. Markle will talk to you. Thank you. Hello? Oh, hello, Mr. Markle. Uh, Mr. Markle, uh, this is Jack Benny. Yes, Mr. Benny, what can I do for you? Well, I understand that Claudette Colbert and Vincent Price are appearing on your Ford Theater program. That's right. Well, I thought perhaps... You might like to use me instead of Vincent Price. Mr. Benny, didn't you do uh, personal appearances in Europe last summer? Yes, yes, I did. And uh, you just finished producing a picture called The Lucky Stiff? Uh-huh. And uh, didn't you just sell your program to CBS? Yes, yes, that's right. Well, please let somebody else make a buck, will you? <laughs> Mr. Marshall. Mr. Markle, it's not a question of money. It's a matter of proper casting. Now, does Miss Colbert know that you have Vincent Price? She picked him. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, 
Don't you think it would be better if we... No. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Mr. Markle, if you give me the job, I can save you money. You can? Yes, I can not only act, but I can play in the orchestra. You see, I'm also a violinist. So, you see, by doing two jobs, two jobs for the same salary, I'll be beating Vincent's price. <laughs> Hey, that was a good one. <laughs> Mr. Markle. Mr. Markle. Just a moment, please. I'm cutting my wrist. <laughs> I'll wait. I mean, wait a minute. Look, look at there's no need. There's no need for bloodshed. Now, Mr. Markle, if you don't mind, I'll call Miss Colbert and take the matter up directly with her. Now, I wish you would. Thank you. Goodbye. Now, let's see. I'll look. Claudette's number up in the phone book here. Here we are. Caldwell, Cauldron, Colfax, Coldcut. <laughs> I used to go with a girl named Coldcut. <laughs> Blossom Coldcut. <laughs> See, here we are. Colbert. Colbert. Oh, here it is. Claudette Colbert. Crestview 73872. Hello? Hello, I'd like to speak to Claudette Colbert, please. This is Miss Colbert speaking. <laughs> Oh, hello, Claudette. Uh, guess who this is? Well, really, I haven't the slightest idea. Well, you, you know me very well. Now, come on, guess. Well, now... Uh, remember that... a few years ago at Paramount? Who had the dressing room next to yours? Oh, hello, Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy? Look, this isn't L'Amour. Look, Dorothy's dressing room was on one side of yours. Now, who was on the other side? That was a washroom. <laughs> Only part of it. <laughs> Claudette, Claudette, this is Jack. Oh, Jack, hello. Jack who? <laughs> Look, Jack Benny. Benny. And Claudette, you'll never guess why I'm calling. You're starting a pyramid club. <laughs> I mean, besides that, look, <laughs> one, one of the reasons I called is to tell you that I saw your latest picture, Family Honeymoon, and I thought you were wonderful in it. Oh, thank you. You were really marvelous. I thought your characterization, your sincerity, and your comedy interpretation surpassed anything I've ever seen on the screen. Well, that's awfully sweet of you, Jack. I want to congratulate you on, uh, uh, on, uh, on, uh... On, uh, on what, Claudette? What have you been doing lately? <laughs> lately, I'm with Columbia now. Oh, well, how are things on Broadway at nine? <laughs> no, 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 you're thinking, you're thinking of Eastern Columbia. See, I'm with CBS. Oh. But look, Claudette, here's what I want to talk to you about. You see, Fletcher Markle, the director of the Ford Theater, just called me about the show you're going to do. Called you? Yes. And he suggested that I play the part of your husband in the sketch. But I understood Vincent Price was playing the part. Well, he was scheduled to, but if you want me, all you've got to do is speak up. 
I said, all you've got to do is speak up. Claudette. Just call me Johnny Belinda. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I, I wish you'd think this over because it would really be a wonderful break. Especially for me. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Let's say it'll do us both a lot of good. Shall we? <laughs> would you mind hanging up? Now, wait a minute, Claudette. How about the idea? Huh? Honestly, Jack, I have nothing now, to look, do Now, look, Claudette, I've got another idea. Why can't Will I... Will you please deposit five cents for an additional three minutes? Three minutes already? <laughs> Just a second. Would you mind dropping a nickel in, Claudette? <laughs> you called me, remember? Oh, oh, that's right. What am I thinking of? Here, I've got a nickel. There. See, it doesn't seem like we've been talking for three minutes, does it, Claudette? You ought to be on this end. <laughs> Well, to come to the point, when do you start rehearsing for the play? Tonight at my house, but I don't think well, you Well, are... tonight, well, look, at, at your house, at what time? No, Jack, 8 o'clock. I, I really don't think 8 o'clock? Well, thanks, to. Claudette. See you tonight. I'll read the part, and Vincent Price will read the part, and may the best man win. I hope so. I knew you'd be plugging for me. <laughs> well, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, by the way, Claudette, shall I come for dinner? Claudette! Claudette! <laughs> Gee, that second three minutes went fast. <laughs> And you know, kids, after that, you think Jack would have sense enough to stay away, but not little blue eyes. No kidding. No, at 8 o'clock sharp, he showed up at Claudette Colbert's house. Gee, Claudette has a nice home. Yes, sir? Uh, Miss Colbert is expecting me for rehearsal. I'm Jack Benny. All right, this way, Mr. Benny. May I take your hat and coat? Here you are. Thank you. Well... The first time I ever saw a hat with a bird nest in it. Give me that. It came off. Oh. <laughs> They're going to rehearse in the drawing room, Mr. Benny. I'll show you it. Thank you. Mr. Price is already here. Oh, he is. One of those, uh, one of those anxious guys, eh? Well, well, Mr. Vincent Price. I'm Jack Benny, the movie star. How do you do? <laughs> How do you do, Mr. Price? So the, um, the two rivals meet, eh? Rivals? What do you mean? Well, perhaps I should let Claudette tell you, but it looks like I'm taking your place on the Ford Theater program. That's ridiculous, old boy. Oh, no, it isn't. You see, at rehearsal tonight, you and I are both going to read the part. And, of course, the best man will win. The, uh, best man? Yes. Mr. Benny, when only two people are involved in a statement, the comparative is used. You don't say the best man will win. You say the better man will win. Oh. Now, if three or more people are involved, then the word best is the correct adjective. I, uh, I see. So before we compete for this part, Mr. Benny, it might be well if you first learn to speak English. <laughs> well, for your information, Mr. Price, I went to Waukegan High School for four years, and I excelled in English. In fact, I got 99 every single term. Well, ain't that ginger peach? Now cut that out! <laughs> I've heard of sore losers in my life, but this guy takes the case. Now step right in here, Mr. Markle. Miss Colbert will be with you shortly. Thank you. 
Oh, hello, Vincent. Fletcher, old boy. How are you? Fine, fine. Hello, Mr. Markle. What are you doing here? Well, I just thought I'd drop around and see if I... Now, listen, Fletcher. I don't know what this is all about, and I demand an explanation. Am I or am I not going to appear opposite Miss Colbert? Of course you are. Then what is this Schlemiel talking about? (laughs) Schlemiel? Yes. S-H-L-E... I know how to spell it. (laughs) I didn't get 99 in English for nothing. Now, let me tell you something. Good evening, everybody. Oh, look, here's Claudette. Oh, hello, hello Claudette. Claudette. How are you, darling? Well, everybody's here now. Just set the coffee on the table, Richard. Yes, madam. Coffee, Fletcher? No, thank you. Vincent? Yes, please. I'll, uh, I'll have a cup, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Here you are, Jack. Thanks. Mmm. Gee, Claudette, this is the better coffee I ever tasted. <laughs> The word is best. There are only two of us drinking it. Make up your mind. (laughs) For heaven's sake. Well, we're all here, so let's get started with the rehearsal. Richard, uh, you may take the cups away now. But Mr. Benny hasn't finished his coffee yet. Oh, well, you can take his cup. He's drinking out of the saucer. Oh, I'm through now, so let's get going with the contest. I mean, the rehearsal. Just one moment. Fletcher, let's get this settled for Mr. Benny's benefit. Is he or is he not replacing me in the play? Certainly not. That's ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. I think it's absurd. You stay out of it. (laughs) Just take my saucer like you were told. (laughs) Smart Alec. Please, please, let's get on with the rehearsal. Now, Mr. Benny, if you insist on staying, take a chair and be quiet. Yes, sir. Oh, Claudette, is it all right if I have some of these walnuts here? Certainly, help yourself. Thanks. Mmm. See, they're big ones. Now, uh, Claudette, if you and Vincent are ready, please to begin. Boy, these nuts are good. Claudette, in this play, you're a wealthy society girl who's married to a New York stockbroker. That's you, Vincent. <laughs> but, uh... He doesn't love you, Claudette, and as the French say, it's a marriage of convenience. That was a tough one. <laughs> Mr. Benny, will you please stop eating those nuts? Claudette said I could. Anyway, Mr. Mark, I don't want to sit around here like a bump on a log. If I can't have the lead in the play, isn't there something I can do? All right. It'll make you happy. You can play the part of the butler. Hmm. Butler. Here's your script. Thanks. Now, remember, Claudette, you're the wife. Vincent... You're the husband who doesn't understand her. And Jack... I'm the butler whom Claudette really loves. You're the butler, that's all. Don't shout at me, I'm old enough to be your brother. (laughs) Heavens to Betsy. All right, Claudette, now you start the scene. Remember, your husband is two hours late for dinner and you're a nervous wreck. I understand. Go ahead, you call the butler. Yes. Oh, Smedley. Smedley. Yes, madam. Smedley, yes. (laughs) What is it, madam? Are you sure my husband hasn't phoned? No, madam. Shall I serve dinner? No, Smedley, no. I'm much too upset to eat. I've been under such tension all day. I feel so miserable and low. Oh. Feeling low. Feeling tense. These eight words are common sense. Jack! Smoke a lucky. Between your level better. That's not in the script. (laughs) Oh. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Some butler was singing commercials yet. Yeah. Now, Claudette, at this point, the husband enters the room. Go ahead, Vincent, make your entrance. Okay. Uh, good evening, darling. So sorry I'm late. Oh, Michael, you're always late, and you're always sorry. It's been like this for months. What's come between us? If I only knew, maybe we could work things out. Oh, it's nothing, my dear. It's just that I've been so busy lately at the office. Now, let's forget it. Come here and give me a kiss, and perhaps we can... Dinner served. Oh, pardon me. I came in too soon. <laughs> Can't just kiss you and forget it, Michael. We must come to some understanding. This can't go on forever. When let's be adult about the whole thing, shall we? Every night it's the same argument, this constant nagging, nagging, nagging. I tell you, I've been working at the office. But I phoned your office and they said you left at two this afternoon. Well, I had business at the bank. Do I have to explain my every move to you? Your jealousy is driving me insane. <laughs> See, this one's got a worm in it. <laughs> Put it back in the bowl. Jack, stop interrupting. Oh, continue, Claudette. Oh, it's no use, Michael. I know you're lying. Look at you. Everything you say, everything you do gives you away. We must reach a definite understanding. Well, you can keep on talking. I'm going to have dinner. But, Michael, I can't go through with another day of this uncertainty. I must know. Do you love me or not? Of course I love you. You're lying, Michael. Lying. Very well, then, I'm lying. You might as well know the truth, my dear. I've never loved you, never. See? And if you weren't so stupid, you'd have known it long ago. Michael! Michael, what are you saying? I married you for your money, that's all. Gosh. Everybody else knew it. And if you weren't such a blind little fool, you would have realized it yourself. Oh, stop! Michael, stop! Well, Glenn, now that you know how things stand, the sooner you divorce me, the happier I'll be. No! No, I'll never divorce you, Michael. I couldn't live without you. I couldn't. I couldn't. Tears, tears. Oh, stop the dramatic. Michael! I'm moving to my club. Medley, pack my clothes. I wouldn't touch your dirty <laughs> You stinker! Yeah. Please be quiet, Jack. Uh, continue, Vincent. Well, goodbye, Gwen. I'm going to the club. Our attorneys can get together tomorrow. Don't go, Michael. Please don't go. Stop hanging on to me. But I won't give you up. I won't. I won't. Stop it, I say. Let go of me. No, no. Then take that. <laughs> that does it. Striking a woman. Put up your dukes, Mr. Price. What? Come on, fight. Ooh. <laughs> well, look at Benny. He's out cold. Vincent, you shouldn't have hit him so hard. I didn't hit him. I did, madam. <laughs> Shall I throw some cold water in his face? No, no, we'll just go in the other room and rehearse. Come on, Vincent, and bring the walnuts. <laughs> Jack will be back in just a moment, but first... Smoke-a-lucky... To be a level best. Smoke a lucky. To be a level best. You see, Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low. 
calms you down when you're tense. It's good to know that fine tobacco can do this for you, and that's why it's so important that you select and smoke the cigarette of fine tobacco Lucky Strike. For as you know, LSMFT, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. No wonder more independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Yes, Luckies are the overwhelming choice of the men who really know tobacco. So when you choose your cigarette, remember that Luckies fine tobacco puts you on the right level, the lucky level, where you feel your best and do your best. Feeling low. Feeling tense. These eight words are common sense. Smoke a lucky. To be your level best. Smoke a lucky. To be your level best. Hmm, that Mary has a lot of nerve. Oh, Jack. Jack. Oh, hello, Claudette. What are you sitting on the curb for? Oh, it's all your fault. You told Mary what happened at your house the other night. Now she's inside telling it to Dennis and Phil. And you know Mary. She'll put in a lot of things that aren't even true. Yeah, I guess I know. Uh, By the way, Jack, how's your nose? Well, it's a little better, but it still hurts. Good night, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to tune in to the CBS Sunday lineup, which includes the Prudential Hour, Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Sam Spade, and Lemon Abner. Don't miss Don Amici in Your Lucky Strike every afternoon. And listen to Dennis Day in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's the Jack Benny program, starring Jack Benny and all his gang, with special guests Claudette Colbert, Vincent Price, and Fletcher Markle, as originally broadcast February 6, 1949, over CBS Radio. Stick around. I'll give you our lineup for Episode 2 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on Episode 2 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two tales well calculated to keep you in suspense. They star Cary Grant and Edward G. Robinson, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.